Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello, it's Joe, the Connection Counselor, and welcome to Executive Presence Morsels Chess Week. Today we're going to talk about strategy and goals, and I affectionately call this uh, episode, You Had One Job. Have you ever seen on the internet, they have these great pictures of people who like build a staircase to nowhere or um, just stuff where like someone was supposed to paint a sign and it's like, you know, in the wrong place. It's just really funny. And it's like, you had one job and you like messed that up. And that happened to me once when uh, we were packing for a trip and my wife um, typically takes care of the packing. I take care of the, you know, the ticketing and the planning. Um, and that day, you know, I wanted to see how I could help. And she said, oh, it's fine. Just pack your toothbrush. Uh, and then so, you know, we finish packing and then we get on the plane and we were in Orlando. We get back to the hotel. First thing I'm doing is I'm packing my toiletries, um, looking for my toothbrush. And I say, honey, uh, where'd you pack my toothbrush? And I had that, you had that one job look from my wife. It was the one thing she asked me to pack and I didn't get that right. So I had to go down to the store and buy one of those budget, uh, you know, uh, store, uh, uh, hotel, you know, store toothbrushes, you know, not, not what I'm used to. Cause, uh, you know, you want the electric thing, you know, it does a lot of the work for you, but the manual one, you're like, why isn't this thing moving? Anyways, I digress. So in terms of leadership and in terms of your professional success, typically you have a goal. You have one job that you're trying to accomplish. And I don't mean the goal of, uh, your role, but I mean any any given situation, a project, a time of year, there's certain things that you're really needing to accomplish. And chess is similar in that way in that way. There's so many things going on. But what is the one job in chess? How do you win? Is it by having more pieces? Is it by moving faster? Unless there's a, a time limit that you come against, that shouldn't matter. Is it by being more stylish? No, it's none of those things. The one job you have in chess is to capture the other side's king so they have no more moves. And to do that, obviously, before they do that to you. That's your one job. You can lose all your other pieces, right? But as long as you do that before they do that to you, then you will win. That's your one job. And sometimes... We forget this when it comes to our professional lives and our leadership, right? We lose sight of what the most important goal is, that one job that we all have at any given time. And we instead get stuck on kingdom building, on ego, on, you know, petty personality clashes, or we even get absorbed. It doesn't always have to be uh, such a negative thing. We can get absorbed in um, a pet project or something that we really want that has really caught our imagination, but can stray us a little bit away from putting our resources and attention where it needs to be, mostly, which is the one job that we're supposed to be accomplishing. So uh, in terms of chess and how we can think about that, there's three different stages of the chess game, and you need to 
understand all of them and be able to execute on all of them to accomplish your one job, which is to win the game. So there's the opening, there's the middle game, and there's the end game. So the opening are sort of set moves, right? Because in the opening, there's a um, very limited amount of moves you can make. And in this way, you can draw a lot from history, right? There's been a lot of research and theory, and people have thought about this. They've written about this because you can. It's, it's in the beginning, and there's a certain limitation. So you can really learn and accelerate your learning when you understand how to get things started and take the benefit of what other people have. And it's the same thing professionally, right? We always say, you know, don't reinvent the wheel, right? There's certain things that are working and you know that are going to work well. You can leverage those to get started and to execute more quickly and I would say more efficiently or effectively sometimes as well. Then there's the middle game. This is where it gets interesting, right? This is where there's so many infinite moves like we talked about in the first episode that you cannot game plan this in any meaningful way. There's no algorithm that you can use. This is something that has to be learned through experience, judgment, intuition, application of principles. This is where strategy and cunning have more impact and opportunity because there's so many options and there's so many different ways things can be done, have been done, and haven't yet been done that there's no way that people can really game plan that out. So this is really where most chess games and where a lot of projects and, and goals are won or lost. And then finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the end game, right? This is where you really close the deal, where you shut things down. And I'm not just talking from a sales perspective, right? It's where you tie all that hard work from the opening and middle together to deliver and close. So from a work perspective, right? The end game could be how you actually press that button and implement it. It can also include how you get people to know about it and get on board and talk about it and how you and your team get credit for it as well. So it's not just about the opening and the middle. The end game is crucially important too, because that's where you declare victory and get the full benefit for all the hard work you've been doing. So what I'd love for you today is think about particular project you're on or you're going to be on and where are you in that game are you in the opening in the middle or in the close and then think more broadly how strong or weak are you at different parts of that opening middle and end game typically some of us are great at starting right out of the gate but we wane in the middle and we're not great at closing and other people are great at closing but it takes them forever to start so think about where your strengths are can you outsource parts that you're not as good at? Or would it behoove you to really strengthen uh, some of the other gaps that you have so you can be more well-rounded uh, in terms of how you implement and deliver? Well, thanks so much for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. Welcome to Executive Presence Morsels Chess Week. 
This is our third episode where we talk about how principles and learnings from chess can be applied to your leadership and executive presence journey. So today we're going to talk about rules and innovation and how those two actually work together in a way that maybe conventionally people don't always think about it this way. Now, when you're playing chess, you need to know how the pieces move and the rules of the game. Otherwise, you don't actually, you're not actually playing a game. You're just chucking pieces around a board. Uh, and hopefully it doesn't come to blows if the other person's actually trying to play chess, right? You have to understand and move within the parameters of the game. Have you ever shared a great idea only to be ignored or have someone else take the credit? Why do some people consistently seem to advance faster? Have you ever implemented performance feedback and expected things to change, only to have a new hurdle placed in front of you? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. After years of coaching clients and while writing my book, Unlock Your Executive Presence, I discovered executive presence is the key to unlocking your career. But what is it? How do you get it? And can it be taught? In my online course, Executive Presence and the Diversity Dilemma, we explore how executive presence works. You may be surprised to learn, as was I, that it has nothing to do with what you say, do, or wear. Most courses fail because they only teach you how to copy executive presence. We'll start off by revealing how it actually works, which is based on how you make people feel. Next, we'll explore the six degrees of executive presence, which will help you generate it on demand. Finally, We'll cover how to make your authenticity an asset, the power of introverts, and generating executive presence in virtual meetings. If you are a high potential professional with the skills to advance, but who is struggling to get the right attention, then this course is for you. The first module is free, so join us today on udemy.com so you can be seen, be heard, and be elevated. listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel.